Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Hey everybody, this is Dave Hodges, host of the Common Sense Show, and you're now in our guest segment, and we're really glad you stayed with us through the intro. Thank you very, very much, and you know we are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time, and we need some help. So when you hear great interviews like the one we're about ready to do with Pat Wood, you need to share this far and wide, please, please, because listen, over half the country is ignorant of politics. doesn't mean they're ignorant people, it just means politics ain't their thing. And they're going to vote based on the last thing they hear. And we cannot lose this election. And we're actually going to get into that a little bit with Pat. So please share this far and wide. Hey, we got a couple of sponsors we need to take care of because they keep the lights on. But there's stuff you need. Uh, the food supply chain is officially in trouble. Uh, the food banks across the country are now crying uncle. They say, hey, we can't help. We, we don't have enough here. And there's no people left to bail us out because half the country's out of work. And then you get the Three Gorges Dam and uh, food inflation and all the things that could conspire together to create food shortages. And we already are seeing food inflation. So grab your storable food right now. Okay, We have $100 off on the four-week special. People are buying multiple sets. We actually had a guy buy 100 sets of this. So four-week special, $100 off, great restaurant quality, and, and ladies and gentlemen, 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. And if you have food you need water and we have water filtration and, and the fifth day of a crisis the naval war college says that water borne illnesses are the number one cause of death don't put yourself in that position you won't have trouble finding standing water you'll find trouble finding drinkable standing water but this device the aquapure pro water filter can make it possible for you to drink most of this water so go to the website waterwithdave.com look at the research and also realize too for a limited time they have 40 percent off these filters. It's a great time to buy. So you've got the food, preparewithdave.com. You got the water, waterwithdave.com, and we got Pat Wood with Dave, but no.com. Pat, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. And did you ever think you'd be living in these kind of times? Dave, who did? Uh, <laughs> Not I. This is just incredible. There's no way it could have been totally predicted, unless, of course, you're Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> or some of those people who were talking about it for a long time before this happened. You wouldn't be referring to Event 201 now, would you? No. Did I say that? <laughs> I don't want to get censored. Oh, I know. I, I hear you. Yeah. Do it again. Hey, you know what I heard? And I'm going to ask you this. Um, I've had two people tell me this, and one was a doctor. Uh, the reason that they're going after the chloroquine people like they did those doctors, take away their websites, make them get fired from their jobs is because if there is another uh, valid treatment for a pathogen like COVID-19, they can't mandate vaccines. Do you know anything about that? No, it's a, that's, that's logical. That's absolutely true. They can't let this other cheap, inexpensive solution uh, dampen their PR, you know, their propaganda model for vaccines. So they simply will not allow it. No. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, I want to say this before we go further. 
because you came up in this light in a discussion I was having. I think it was with Sarah. It's either with Sarah Westall, or it might have been Derek Gilbert. But uh, I said that if if you don't like what you have with me in the independent media, you can partly blame Pat Wood, because uh, before I had the tell-all conversation with my father in 1985 about the work he did in naval intelligence. Um, I read Pat Wood and the late Anthony Sutton's book, Trilaterals Over Washington, and it changed my paradigm dramatically, more so than any book I've ever read. And I read The Committee of 300, I thought that was pretty good too, but this was fantastic. Pat, is that book still available? It is. I had it, uh, put it back into print uh, a couple years ago. Uh, it's available on my website, technocracy.news. It's also available on amazon.com. I hate to use Amazon, but you know how it is. They they have worldwide distribution where I don't. Well, you exposed me to the world of cognitive dissonance because I had this book, so I'm I'm at Thanksgiving when when you're, my family's over and everything, and I'm showing one of my uncles this book, and I said, hey, th- do you know that the Rockefellers can do this and they can do that and they own this this and this and some subsidiary holdings? He goes, Dave, you've lost your mind. No, it's right here in this book. Let me show you. Here's the documentation. And he says, well, I don't care what it says in the book. That's just not true. (laughs) That was my first exposure to cognitive dissonance on a political issue. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Isn't that happening today, too, just the same way? It is. It is totally. Forty years ago. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I was young and good-looking then. I know. Um, (laughs) We we all had hair. (laughs) Oh, I got hair, but I got I got growth in other areas I don't like. Yeah. Tighten that belt, baby. Okay. But anyway, um, Pat, we live in crazy times, and we just highlighted a major issue right here with regard to competitive medications and the lengths that social media and big pharma will go to shut down the competition. Well, of course, <clears throat> they'll go to any length to shut down the competition, and I have to say that that the concept of technocracy does not understand competition at all. There is no competition for them. There's just them. And right now they have the upper hand on this whole paradigm that's going on around the world. It's not just America. It's everywhere. Yes. And, um, you know, you you, you have to, if you look at kind of like the big picture um, of what's going on and how different segments of of, of our society have been transformed by these people, uh, you immediately, especially today, need to look at the healthcare system. The healthcare system began to be transformed about 15 years ago in earnest. Uh, it, today, it's nothing like it was 20 years ago. It's absolutely been completely transformed. And here's how it used to be that the doctor and the patient had a special bond, a special relationship where the doctor had great autonomy on how to treat his patients or her patients. And the idea was uh, that he could uh, talk to the patient and find out what would be best in light of the patient. Well, this completely got changed with something that is now called evidence-based medicine. Evidence-based medicine is basically protocols that come down from the top of the food chain now, or the medical chain, uh, where specific treatments are uh, designated for specific illnesses. The doctors no longer have any choice. They can't go outside the guidelines that are passed down or the protocols that are passed down. So if there's a protocol, for instance, to uh, for COVID, to uh, put you in a hospital and instead of giving you HCQ, 
hydroxy, uh, put, giving you an intubator and shoving it down your throat, um, in which there's a very high death rate, uh, the doctors must, must, must follow the protocol. This is called evidence-based medicine. It was pushed originally by hardcore technocrats who were into social engineering. This is their bag, this is their game, social engineering. But social engineering includes you and me and healthcare as a major, major part of society, globally, not just in America. So starting about 15 years ago, the healthcare system got completely transformed into a new model that was run and dictated to by technocrats. Those experts who are unaccountable, unelected, but feel that they and they alone know how you should be treated for any given condition that you might come up with. So we're dealing with this today, Dave, is what all, my whole point of going here. We're dealing with this whole situation today and everybody's like, you know, up in arms and they're like all confused and how can it be this way? And why are people dying alone in hospitals? Uh, you know, why can't um, my, my wife or my mother or whatever father have surgery and nobody can attend them because they don't let anybody else in the hospital except for the patient? Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's like, you know, really balking at this. This is absolutely crazy. But if they understand that the same people who are controlling big pharma, the same people who are controlling the drug industry, are those same people who have just transformed the medical system in the first place. They're all one and the same now. It's a monolithic structure that is designed to control you, period. Hmm. That's, uh, I hear what you're saying. I see evidence of it. And we're seeing it too, like when COVID patients die in nursing homes, they can't even have a funeral. No, they can't. No, no, who gets to decide? Who has that right to take away someone's funeral? Uh, you know, they really don't. And you know, the concept of dying alone is kind of new in America. This is absolutely unconscionable that anybody would be forced to die alone. It's not only a horrific thing for the family, but also for the person who's doing the dying. Not being able to see the loved ones for last words, etc. And now you take nursing homes, for instance. I have friends here in the Phoenix area who have uh, been very faithful ministers to go into nursing homes on a Sunday or sometimes on a Saturday and have Bible studies and church service for them. They can't get out, they can't, they're in wheelchairs and stuff, <clears throat> but they go in and they, uh, they, they'll play guitar and sing some songs. Oh, they love to sing songs in nursing homes. And uh, they have a Bible study for them and there's many, many Christians in nursing homes that have no other exposure to church because they can't go to church. Those people categorically across the country right now are not allowed into any nursing home anymore. So the whole segment of nursing home patients, and there's, gosh, there's gotta be hundreds of thousands of people in nursing homes who had access to a free expression of religion, no longer have access to freedom of religion. That's quite a contrast or not, that's quite an attack on the First Amendment, isn't it? The first element of the First quite. Amendment quite and, and I don't see this as a byproduct of a misfortunate con unfortunate condition I see this as deliberate it is it is totally deliberate 
And you know, I'm, yeah, we're speaking of religion now. Of course, in California, Governor Newsom has ganged up with several big city mayors across the state to put the squash on churches. And now a very popular pastor in Los Angeles area, uh, John MacArthur, has a large church there. Uh, he's very popular. He's 81 years old now, but he's been around forever, and really? he's got a huge reputation around the world. They're threatening him. He says, I'm staying open. We're, our church is staying open. You're not telling me how to run my church. You know, that we, we'll, we'll follow God's law, not your law. And so they turned around, Eric Garcetti's turned around and said, we're going to uh, shut you down permanently if you don't just do what we say. So lawyers are ganging up on both sides now to take it to probably to some kind of court action, hopefully federal court. Um, but they have threatened John MacArthur with prison time. They at, have at, at 80 years old. He's 81 years old. And they've threatened him to shut off the water and power to his church if he does not comply. You see the problem here. Well, the Garcetti I, loves to turn off people's water and power. The people that were opening their homes up for parties, he's now not only doing water and power shutoffs, they're going to put ankle bracelets on the owners. That's right. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Eric Garcetti is a madman. He is. He's a nut. He's a nutcase. He is. <clears throat> he, belongs, uh, he belongs down ruling side by side with, what's his face, Maduro, South, <laughs> South America. It's a good comparison, but we've got a lot of them here uh, that are been, been surfacing. Um, there's a guy here, you know, and, and Pat, we're, you know, I'm north of uh, uh, Metropolitan Phoenix by about 20 miles, and I know you're far, far southeast, but uh, we get the same media. So I had on local channel three today, and uh, the governor lost a court battle last week for opening up gyms. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mountainside Fitness, a big local chain here, sued him, and they won, and they won the appeal. And then uh, uh, this idiot governor we have who has major conflicts of interest, which is why he's doing what he's doing, he came back with these guidelines where they'll never be able to open because you can't eradicate a virus. And so this one guy opened uh, yesterday on his own volition. And uh, they're telling him they're going to take him to jail. And he said, i got to feed my family. I've had this business for 19 years. I have no way to support myself now. And they don't care. But if you, it was funny, right after the segment, Pat, and this played about an hour and a half ago, right after the segment, they had commercials for the casinos that are open in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible. There's a, a, a bar and grill out in Apache Junction, which is in Pinal County, by the way, which is very friendly um, as a constitutional sheriff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Act yes. Mm -hmm. Constitutional mayor in Apache Junction, and they are not requiring face masks uh, anywhere. Um, and Pinal County, uh, of course, not Maricopa County. You think, well, it's safe out here. You know, we can, we can just kind of go about our life. Well, not so. This bar and grill was approached by the uh, state liquor board, and they came out and said, uh, "You can't do what you're doing. You're, uh, you're serving." Uh, you know, booze outside in the back of your restaurant. They were all social distancing and stuff, though. The tables were spread out, etc. And uh, they were playing music. And they said, they came out and said, if you don't cease and desist, and this was not the county now, this is the state. If you do not cease and desist and close your facility down, uh, we will pull your liquor license. 
Well, wait a minute. Didn't the governor say this was a local decision? Nope. Well, he did, yes. But yes. It's not, so it's not if it's a local decision, they don't have any authority to come in from the state and do this. Well, he, he, they're doing it. They came, they came from the state. This they, they overrode what Pinal County Sheriff would do. They overrode what the mayor of the town would do. And the mayor simply looking on and saying, I hope you win this case, but there's nothing we can do for you because the state is in control of your liquor license. Yeah, but th so, this is what bothers me. The governor specific is like Trump said, we're going to let the local people decide. The yep. governor of Arizona said, we're going to let the mayors decide. Yep. The mayor decided. And yep. now because he doesn't like the decision, he sends in his, his goon squad. That's and right. Threatens to shut him down. I mean, he's breaking his own mandate. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. This this whole thing is just a, it's just such a scam. I can't believe it. And it's all well, about power and control. Let's throw let's throw Ducey under the bus because he's just like Newsom and Whitmer and all the rest of them. He's not. He he's a Democrat and drag is what he really is. He's in disguise. But let's just go through a checklist here because I want people to hear what's going on here in Arizona because it's going on in your state too. Um, Ducey is on the board of TGen. Do you know about that? Yes. TGen on their homepage a month ago had uh, a description of their relationship with Sonora Quest Laboratories that were largely in charge of testing in uh, in and around Maricopa County and really most of uh, most of Arizona. Are you aware of that? You betcha. Okay, so let's go a step further. Um, the testing, as you know, has untold amounts of false positives. And even the FDA commissioner on April 18th said, we're not going to make these people validate their test results because of the emergency nature of the situation. I've got his document on my website. Um, so you can't trust the numbers. The numbers mean nothing. Uh, but that doesn't stop the governor from, from going after these people, um, you know, the, the gyms, the restaurants, the bars, or whatever it is. Yes. And, but, but see, he's got a built-in motive here. He wants all this testing, and that benefits TGen because of their relationship. He is now uh, threatening to sue Sonora Quest Laboratories because they didn't get enough tests back soon enough to justify his position of keeping everything locked down with all the false positives. And did you know that TGen is associated with the Bill Gates vaccine? Mm, of course. <laughs> okay. All right. See, people think I'm crazy when I say this stuff. Although, you know who doesn't think I'm crazy? I get these shots. Um, let me lay a little what? background on oh, oh, uh, the executive orders that he has produced. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead, please. Vis-a-vis -vis the actual legislation that, are, that our state house has passed, and virtually every state house that I know of so far in the country has passed similar legislation than this, but just bear, bear with me. Um, the legislation on the books gives the governor um, executive powers during a, a, a pandemic or a serious health emergency, it says. That could be anything. It could be uh, a toxic gas released. It could be Ebola. It could be tuberculosis or whatever. Something very serious, you understand. Um, and it says, the, the language says, that in order for the governor to be able to issue executive orders, there must be a clear scientific basis for him doing so clear scientific basis i read the language is very clear that if the science does not absolutely positively agree with what he's doing he will be doing whatever he does illegally now the fact is the governor and his health director do not have any 
solid science behind what they're doing. None. Social distancing is a scam. It's been reported and studied by legitimate epidemiologists and medical researchers and PhDs all over the planet, and they say it does not work. It's not effective. Same thing with wearing masks. They say it's not effective. It's not working. Yet, the governor has persisted with this testing uh, and contact tracing now as well to uh, manipulate and man you know manipulate people to do things against their will. But I submit, Dave, that every action this governor has taken from the get-go is patently illegal and out of bounds to our own state legislation that's on the books and as is legitimate stuff, it's a law, it was passed, but he has violated the law by not presenting a solid scientific case for what he's mitigating. Do you understand? Does that make sense? Well, it does, but I'll tell you what he'll argue, and I don't agree with him, but he'll bring out Kara Christ, his uh, health director, and she'll say, oh yeah, this is all validated in all the testing. But the problem is, Pat, I've got two documents from the FDA that says these tests have not been validated. And then you had July 11th, that fiasco, 330 some odd testing centers in Florida tested 100% positivity rate. Impossible. Yes. It just shows you it's a yes. scam. And, yes. and and you're right. They're, they haven't proven their case. And it's it's driving me nuts. See, I think he wants people to be so miserable that they'll accept the uh, vaccine without questions or resistance. Yep. That's what I think he's doing. Why, why else would you shut down a gym and let a casino be open? And, and I'll take a cheap shot here, and you don't have to associate with my comment. But I agree with the New Times. New Times is a local paper here in Phoenix, and they have kind of a eh, eh, reputation. But, but occasionally they have really good articles, and they do research, and they have documentation. And the New Times, to my satisfaction, showed that Roscoe, his name, his real name from Ohio, he comes from a crime family. And now he's acting like a mafioso, which helps understand, in my mind, why the casinos are open and the gyms and the movie theaters are not. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go there with me, but <laughs> I'm satisfied that the New Times proved their case because I went back and retraced their steps, Pat. Yep. And maybe someone shouldn't be categorized by their family background because you know yep. maybe the sins of the father aren't visited upon the son but he's acting like a mafioso well i i certainly would agree with you on that part um he was very when he got elected when he ran through the whole election cycle originally as a conservative of course uh he was a sleeper tyrant yeah and he didn't show his colors until this whole episode hit no it's but our state it's continued to decline under his rule. I mean, we had a, we've had education crises because of him, because he won't deal with issues, and he's bad. But the bottom line is, he, he's a Republican in name only, but yes. he's he reminds me of Newsom. Um, well, when no, when, I, when I, we I were agree. we were I over, have to say that he, he makes uh, he makes John McCain look like a conservative. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, he actually was worse at one point. We were over in California for two weeks. And my son and I were every day, you know, we'd go hit the gym and LA Fitness was over open over there. Uh, now Newsom closed it the day after we left, but all the gyms were shut down in Arizona. And here's crazy Newsom. We know what he is. Nancy Pelosi's nephew, communist, criminal, organized crime connections with the cartels. That's all been documented. And we're thinking, 
gosh, Ducey is worse than Newsom. It's crazy. Uh, well, yeah, and see, people, you're saying, okay, that's Arizona. Let's take it national. Okay, anybody here live in Michigan? How about New York? Okay, how about a lot of towns in Georgia, like Atlanta, where they want to defund the police and 911 will go nowhere? Um, I, I don't. T- let's talk about technocracy now. Let's weave technocracy into this because I know. L- let me give you a starting point, Pat. When President Trump came into office. Uh, he killed the TPP, which was going to be a corporate overrule of the government. They had a, what, I forget, 22-person panel, I believe it was, and they had complete autocratic power, and they could subvert anything done by Congress, the Supreme Court, or the President. And Trump came in and said, nope, not doing that. Goodbye, that's it. But I see the same people who wanted a corporate oligarchy resurfacing now to take control of America when the opportunity presents. What do you think? Yes, that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And even though, <clears throat> even though he scuttled the TPP, and I was glad of that at the time, um, the other treaties and trade negotiations that he's gotten into with other countries now, including the Canada, Mexico, and United States Agreement Treaty, it's a little better than NAFTA was in, in most people's opinion. I haven't read word for word, but um, I've skimmed it enough to know. Um, it doesn't really do anything to improve uh, on on NAFTA or to get rid of the worst parts of NAFTA. But there has been a, a very curious um, uh, interplay between the globalist and between Trump uh, ever since he got into office. And I'm still scratching my head, quite honestly. Me too. I'm right there with you. Uh, he has people that he's associated with that are his, that should be his sworn enemies. And I think they, you know, they're not because he wouldn't hire them if they were. But he's got people around him, and he's had uh, people, you know, he's hired close associates to work uh, in the White House and in very confidential capacity and stuff uh, that are part of the deep state and well known to be members of the deep state. Now, I've never quite reconciled this. It was it was Trump, by the way, that stood up and and gave not just the green light, but uh, an an entire government makeover to uh, to stampede. The implementation of 5G in America, yes, and the completion of the Internet of Things. Um, this is a technocrat uh, initiative, 100%. Um, and yet, it was Trump who took the podium and said, "We're pulling out all the stops for companies to implement 5G across America." And now, just just today, the Pentagon announced that they're giving a major chunk of bandwidth, or not, not bandwidth. What do you call it? The, the frequencies uh, to uh, private companies. They're auctioning, you're going to auction them off. Uh, these are frequencies that the military has used for a long time for various things. They're taking those frequencies, they're going to hand them over to the 5G carriers to blanket the country with, uh, with 5G implementation. And you say, okay, this is interesting, but the article points out. The headline says, Pentagon releases huge slice of spectrum for 5G, but the first paragraph says that this is a program of the White House. <laughs> In other words, it was directed from the White House to the Pentagon to do this. You scratch your head at these things, you know, is, I can't, I won't say anymore. I don't want to get everybody mad at you or me, whatever. And I, I voted for Trump and I'll probably vote for him again. Cause I don't want Biden. Oh, Biden, Joe Biden. Are you kidding? Uh, well, he won't last. I mean, um, I, I, I saw a clip of Peter Biden. Trump. Laura Ingram played a clip 
Pat, and no one is reacting to it like I think they should. Yes. It, he was around a group of people, and I'm not sure what the setting was, but he was announcing uh, Harris as the VP. It wasn't a podium announcement. It was a gathering. And um, someone said something to him, and I couldn't make it out, but I can assume he said, uh, why why Kamala Harris? Why, why are you getting her for VP? And he said, well, I'm kind of an old guy, and she'll make a great president. That's a quote. I heard that with my own ears on Laura Ingram's show. And then CNN basically validated today. They don't expect him to last very long in the presidency. He could have some problems, and Harris will make a great president. They they parroted what he said. Yeah. Uh, this is a big fix. It's Donald Trump versus Kamala Harris. Yep. And in, in, in the the constitutional uh, uh, underpinnings to this, uh, where you have a president that resigns or dies or whatever, the vice president assumes the presidency automatically. There's no confirmation process or anything necessary. Correct. That person automatically becomes president, and that's the end of it. And you remember this happened back uh, when, uh, when um, name <laughs> back in, in the early 1970s. I, my brain just skipped did a skip on it, but it's happened before in history. You talk about Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford, that's right. Yeah, and so, okay. when a president uh, assumes a presidency because the first president goes, that president gets to choose who's going to be their vice president. There's no voting process. They Hillary. don't. Nobody holds an election. Yeah. Could you say Hillary? Who's going to be vice president? It's merely a choice that the president makes to you know, suiting them who they want to come in. Now, you can speculate just for a minute, who would Kamala Harris choose as her vice president when Joe's gone? I think it'd be Hillary. Isn't that interesting? I mean, you could think about it, yeah. I've been uh, saying this for three years. Hillary will be in the White House, maybe not initially as uh, the president, but by yep. hook or crook. I, there's, I know there's a lot of bad actors like that around that could, you know, be chosen by a nut like, uh, like Harris. Oh my gosh, uh, you know, they're all over the place, really. Well, I'm sure Hillary, you know, I feel safe with her because she won't let um, Harris have her uh, Dealey Plaza moment, shall we say. Well, I, if I was Harris <laughs> and, and Hillary my vice president, I'd be looking over my shoulder all the time. Yeah, and, and you know these. You know Biden was told who to pick. Oh, yeah. And uh, where, where are the debates at? No debates. No debates. They're just, you know what? I, it, you've heard about places in the country where somebody runs their dog for mayor. <laughs> and every once in a while, or a donkey or something, and every once in a while, an animal gets elected just because people are so fed up with politics, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, they, they could have run... A mannequin <laughs> at this point, as long as it said left wing Democrat on it, I'm vote. You know, people will say, I'm voting for the mannequin. <laughs> and that's about what they're going to get with Biden. And certainly he's not going to last. He's already lost half his memory as it is now in another year or two uh, with progressive dementia. He's, he won't be able to figure out how to eat his breakfast. So, you know, he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone for sure. It's just a question would be what, what Harris is going to do. I thought that his choice of Harris, by the way, was so bad uh, for the ticket. 
And now the left wing is screaming at him for choosing her because they don't like her, apparently. Um, I had the thought cross my mind that could it be that this whole Biden affair and now Harris attached to him uh, is so bad on purpose that Trump will remain in office for another four years. I thought that. It's just pure speculation. Don't quote me on it. But you it makes a lot of saying? sense. I yeah. think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's plausible. It's really weird. Uh, um, really, couldn't have picked a worse a worse vice presidential candidate. Susan Rice would have been a better choice from one standpoint that she's very smart and she has a lot of experience. A lot she's of baggage. A member of the Trilateral Commission. She's a liar and a lot of other things, but she's <laughs> a smart one. Whereas Harris is just an opportunist. I. Uh... Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of deciphering what you just said, and I think what you're saying has merit to it, but I'll tell you what else I've been told. I can tell you for a fact from some people who are fairly high-ranking in federal agencies, they're preparing for riots that could prevent an election. Yep. And I'm, this is yep. from people who would be involved in dealing with the problem. Yes. Um, and I didn't ever think that was possible when I heard that. I think if the polls continue to go the way they are, I think seriously that we may not have an election, at least not one in the form that we're expecting. Yeah, that's possible. <clears throat> whether whether riots happen before the election or after the election, they're going to happen one way or another. They are. They believe that. They are. Um, and let me share this with you Pat because we haven't had a chance to talk off air but um, um, Paul Martin and I know people Aurora Police I grew up in Aurora Colorado and um, when they shut down I-225 there uh, they also were spotted with with snipers on the roof and they brought in the drones Uh and uh, this didn't go out but this has been verified by people that Paul and I have talked to and the drones uh, watched these people and they said it's like a training exercise. They're not really looking to aim or shoot anybody. They just were like training. Well, I was told the same thing happened in Austin. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Bosnian Civil War stuff. Yes. And do you think it could get that bad? And and um, do you think this is a desired thing on the part of the technocrats? Well, here's the goal of technocracy. There's, uh, I'll give it two parts. Number one is to shut down the economic system that we know as capitalism, free enterprise, or free market economics. They want to get rid of that altogether. Uh, that's what sustainable development is all about, which yeah. is technocracy. That's number one. The second thing is they need to get rid of governmental structures. They need to get rid of centralized government. And the effect of riots in cities like Seattle, Seattle's a good example. Seattle has been pulverized as a city. They were once a strong city, a beautiful city too, by the way, but they they were a strong city once upon a time. But now, with all the things that have happened, with all the riots and all the people that have been killed and you know everything else going on up there, the defunding the police, and the chaos is gonna reign. Same thing happened, is happening in Chicago. <clears throat> this is deconstructing society. Yes. That's the secondary goal of technocracy, is to deconstruct society. You can't take over a society that's strong, that has its own will, 
and that has people who are, who are able and willing to act. You have to destabilize society. And uh, this is, I believe, the function of all the riots and stuff going on right now in the streets is just destabilization. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. By the, um, and, and I'll say further now, they are not going to take over the country. The Marxists and communists represented by BLM and Atifa are not going to cause a revolution. They are not going to take over America. The technocrats, when they get complete power, will throw those people under the bus so fast they will never know that the bus just ran over them. And those who survive somehow are going to be looking around and say, hey, wait, I, I, you know, I thought we were going to have something out of this after we're done with all this, this revolution stuff. And it's going to be like, sorry, you have been canceled, my friend. You're gone. You're out of here. So shut up and go away. And they will be left holding the bag. Unfortunately, a lot of politicians will be in the same boat because they'll throw the politicians under the bus, too. Yeah, so these people like Pelosi that think they're going to have a good position in the new government, uh, they're going to be left sadly lacking. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I have said the same thing. They, they're they kind of serving the purpose of the old brown shirts. Yep. They yeah. are. You know, if you look at, if you just look at the attitude, you have to understand the mind of a technocrat. I talk about this a lot because I've studied a lot. If you watch Anthony Fauci standing behind the president whenever the president is talking about COVID or the pandemic, you watch all the other people that are standing with their arms at their side or perhaps folded in front of them, um, you know, paying attention to what the president says. That's what good little, I don't know, whatever those people are, yes men, I don't know, their national security advisor or whatever stands behind them. They're standing in a respectful way behind the president um, with, with their hands in front of them at least, you know, or perhaps just down at their side. Anthony Fauci sits there behind him slouching with his arms crossed. With his arms crossed. Yeah, I know. Looking, looking down at the ground, mostly, as if he has no interest whatsoever in the, what the president is saying. Now, what what kind of an attitude is this for for Fauci to basically thumb his nose at the president? To see, this is contempt. This is just it shows his contempt for the top politician in our country. And if he doesn't have any. You know, if he has contempt for the top politician in the country, I can guarantee you he doesn't like any other politician either. It's just, you need to do what I say, and that's the end of it. That's the way Fauci feels about this. Yes, he's in charge. You need to do what I say, and that's it. Just do it, and you won't have any trouble for me. He's in charge. Um, he and Bill Gates are running the country right now. That's right. And Bill Gates has exactly the same attitude when he talks about politicians. He has no use for them whatsoever. So what's a good country to do, Pat? Yeah, well, I tell you, some someday, I hope soon, it's kind of happening now. Individual Americans need to forget the national government, forget the state government, and even forget their local government to some extent, and come to the conclusion that they need to take personal responsibility for their own lives, starting right at the bottom. They need to take personal responsibility for their own lives and quit looking to anybody else to solve their problems, especially the president or Congress or state houses, etc. Those organizations are not going to solve our problems. 
our problems can only be solved by us citizens. We're the ones that have to stand up and be counted here, and so far this has not really happened. You know, I was proud of Germany to some extent a few days ago. They had a, a protest over there over the face mask issue. Yeah, I saw that. There was at least a couple hundred thousand people that attended that rally, and they said, stop it, Prime Minister. Knock it off. We don't like, you know, whatever. They threw a good, a good old-fashioned hissy fit in the street. When's the last time you ever saw that happen in America? Yeah, why aren't we doing that? That's the question I ask repeatedly. That's right. Well, Americans have been conned into, uh, you know, pacifist, uh, being pacifist, uh, so to speak, where they're too embarrassed to go out into the street and give a good old protest. Well, maybe you wouldn't want to do it here in Arizona at 110 degrees, but uh, <laughs> there's plenty of other places to go and have a protest. Um, but Americans are too, you know, they're too good to have a good old protest like that. But this is going to change, Dave. It's going to change. I went to the protest a few weeks ago over in Scottsdale. Uh, it was hot, too, by the way, about 108, <clears throat> on, the, uh, on the grassy front of the uh, city council in Scottsdale. They were protesting the mask mandate. And, uh, you know, I'm sure all the opponents thought, yeah, they'll be lucky to get 10 people show up for that. There was probably 500 people showed up on that lawn. They put up a stage, they put up a microphone, several people gave little talks, and the people cheered, and they, they were carrying homemade signs and uh, no, saying not just no, but heck no, and we will not comply, and you know, yada, yada. It was a good old-fashioned protest in spite of the heat. But uh, Americans need to stand up like this and start being counted and make their, voice, make their voices heard. That's the only thing that anybody in politics understands. Uh, technocrats, I don't think, could care less. But the politicians who are still able to do something in society only understand people power in the end of it. That's all they understand. People have to get in their face. They have to take local action, be responsible for their own selves, and take action right there where they live. That's the only way to do it. What, I, I guess, I have to look what would the trigger event be for that event to happen? Well, <clears throat> it, it may be face mask. You know, we, uh, the nonprofit that I had called Citizens for Free Speech, uh, citizensforfreespeech.org, uh, is doing very well currently uh, sparking a national protest over face masks and the wearing of face masks around the country. We've had just thousands and thousands of people come in the last several weeks to get a hold of our no mask lanyard and card that they can wear around their neck as a symbol that they will not comply with the mandates. Um, <clears throat> I tell them, and I tell people who might shy away from doing such a thing, you know, taking a, a no mask card and wearing it um, as a symbol of I will not comply, I tell people, I say, look, this is a little thing. Wearing the mask is a little thing, but it's a sign of submission. They've chosen it as a sign of submission. Um, if you're not willing to stand up and say, I will not play that role and be vocal about it yourself, what are you going to do when they come knocking on your door with a needle in their hand? Exactly. What are you going to do then? 
you weren't willing to stand up when you had a chance to make your voice heard. Are you just going to roll up your sleeve and let them stick that thing in your arm like, uh, like Alan Dershowitz would like? Uh, all constitutional privileges are going to be suspended at that point, Dave. And that's exactly, that is exactly what Dershowitz said in an interview not too long ago, that if we need to, we will, you protesters, you deniers, we will take you kicking and screaming into the doctor's office to get a shot. That's our right. Constitutionally speaking, he said, that's our right. Well, that's not the Constitution I know, <laughs> but, but he's a constitutional expert, he says. And he's telling everybody that they have the right the authorities have the right constitutionally to kick, to drag you kicking and screaming into the office to get a, a vaccine that you do not want. But you see, the battle is for right now. The battle has come down to this: our property rights have been eroded. You, you've, you've seen property rights in your area. I know. We've talked about this before. I uh, get shredded. The last thing that you have that is personal property that they have not been able to touch yet is you your body that's your personal property if there was ever personal property that's it that's the ultimate personal property well you see they came for your land they came for your development rights they came for your right to do certain things on your own property <clears throat> and now the last frontier for them is control over your body and that is the ultimate sacrifice of, of private property is when they can get control of you that's what they're after. That's bodily control. They want to control your body against your will or with your will. It doesn't matter to them. They're going to control you one way or another. Americans need to stand up and say, no, we're not, we're not going there. You're not going to control us. And we need to put, I hate to say it quite this way, but we need to put the fear of God back into them and show them that our resolve is greater than their resolve. And I would suggest, as you would, if if a person would ever get to talk to a, a really kind of a hardcore technocrat, you need to look them right in the eyeball and say, "I will fight you on this till hell freezes over, and then I'll fight you on the ice." That's what they need to say. Yeah, so well, you're in for a long battle here, Buster. I'm not giving up. I know, but unfortunately, there's not enough of us who feel that way yet. Not yet. And I'm afraid that they. When the wake-up moment comes, I wonder if it'll be too little too late. I wonder, too. I, and honestly, I do not know. But as long as we still have breath and an opportunity, I will not rule the American people out. Uh, we won't talk about the fat lady singing, because that's probably going to be interpreted as racist or something. But, but you know, you know what I mean? It's not over yet. But we're darn close. We're on the mat, and uh, you know we're 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 having trouble in this battle right now. Have you seen we're... Nancy Pelosi's uh, suggested protocols going into the stimulus bill? And it's non-monetary that I'm referring to. Yeah. Have you seen them? Yeah, I have. It's credible. About uh, you have to. Well, it's what Bill Gates wants. Uh, what is it? A, a, Certificate of immunity, which a lot of people think it's going to be a biometric uh, insert into your body. Yes. Um, and then uh, mask or mandatory inside and out contact tracers and enforcers can come into your house without a warrant. Uh, have you seen all that? Yeah. This, this, is, this is right up Bill Gates' alley. 
um, I, I had an article up on Technocracy News just three or four days ago that I that wrote it. I didn't write it, but I posted it uh, about COVID pass, COVID pass, which is basically what you're talking about. And my my title was Technocrats Lust for Mass Submission. And that's what this is all about. It's about ma it's about submission of the masses and uh, contact tracing. It'll make you crazy. Uh, I, I, you know, now's the time to fight that sort of thing. It'll make you crazy because anybody can put the finger on you unfairly and you'll lose your job. You get grounded. Uh, your family's going to have such stress that many families will just break up as a result of it. Mm -hmm. These people are, these people are little mini tyrants, but they're all over the place. And we've done this to ourselves. You real, I know you realize that. The people we have elected over time, Americans were so sloppy about their choice of politicians, not looking at character, mind you. Remember, Bill Clinton ran on no character. He said, it doesn't matter what my personal life is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, it does matter. When we have elected a bunch of immoral psychopaths because we're lazy, we were lazy voters and we're choosing the lesser of two evils or as I say the lesser of two weasels um, you know for a position and so we have populated our entire political structure with a bunch of wannabe tin horn tyrant dictators they only lack the opportunity <laughs> to be a little tin horn tyrant dictators but now they have the opportunity to step into their fate as they would probably look at it. See, now I can live out my dream to be a little mini tyrant, a little mini dictator. The, what I'd like to ask here, because technocracy is this kind of a culture unto itself, but I, I understand the technocracy with the smart meters and the, and the, the grids and the interlocking controls over what your temperature will be in your house and so forth. I get all that. But what I think I've been missing and what a lot of people are missing is with technocracy, there's a real strong cultural element to it to eliminate all free will. Is that too strong a statement? No. If you go back and read the book uh, Brave New World, mm -hmm. it would be instructive because it was written in 1932 by Aldous Huxley, of course, um, whose family, by the way, was uh, intimately connected with the creation of the United Nations back in that day. Uh, they were not friends of liberty and freedom at all. But he wrote the book, uh, Brave New World, looking at technocracy. Um, and in the, the scenario, in the in fact, you know what? There's a TV series right now uh, that's been released on uh, NBC. I think it is a streaming. It's a, like a whole series now, a TV series, uh, based on uh, Brave New World. What's it and, called? Do you know? Pardon? Do you know what it's called? Uh, I don't remember uh, offhand. It'd be pretty easy to find. Just search for it, I think, and you'd probably come up with it. Okay. But, um, it, you know, the idea was <clears throat> that all values were turned upside down, and you basically had to do, you had to follow the rules uh, that the um, the technate set up for you, you know, the, the leader set up. And everything was run by algorithm. Everything was run scientifically. There was no personal choice. Personal choice was just not possible. Um, so 
the algorithm made all the decisions for you and your life on what you could do, where you could go, uh, who you could see, who you could have relationships with, et cetera, all made automatically by somebody else um, by algorithm. This is the this is the picture we see today in the world. The algorithm, that is the artificial intelligence programs, the algorithm is going to be our dictator, not a person. They don't need a person to do this for Pete's sake. They've got AI now that can just be programmed to automatically do it. So you look at China today, look at their social credit scoring system, you get a little microcosm of what I'm talking about. Um, with the social credit scoring system, everything you do is monitored, put through an AI program, and you're issued a score. Depending on the level of your score, you might get privileges. If you have a low score because you're a troublemaker, um, you and I would probably have a score of minus five. Uh, <laughs> but in China, if you get a, a low score, you're gonna be denied privileges. You can't live in that nicer development. You can't go to that better school you can't get on transport high-speed transportation. You've got to take the, the slow, you know, the slow bus to China, so to speak. And <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, you're just going to be disappeared or thrown into into a work camp or re-education camp. This is ruled by algorithm, Dave. It's not ruled by a communist dictator. It's ruled by program. This is scarier than communism or Marxism or socialism. I agree. I agree. It, it is technocratic, which we, we discussed this before about how that steps outside the paradigms of communism, socialism, fascism. But there is a fascist quality to it. Of course. Be, because there's still a business interest that's controlling people's yeah. choices in government. Did you ever see the movie um, 1975 James Conn called Rollerball? Oh, yes. Sure did. Do you think that was predictive? Well, uh, <laughs> I think just... it is. It was about as predictive as the book 1984 was. <laughs> I, I would agree. See, yeah. people don't give that movie the credit it's due. Yeah. Uh, six corporations, which incidentally happens to be the number of corporations that control the bulk of the mainstream media, and uh, no free will. The uh, athlete in the movie, this Michael Jordan kind of superstar, was told he had to retire because individuality could not be rewarded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was very instructive for what we're going into. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm. Do you? Let me ask you this: Do you think if they're able to take over, do you think we will see a major purge? And I'm talking Mao, Stalin, Hitler, so forth. That's hard to say. There are societal forces right now at work that <clears throat> could. Um, that could make you think that this group is certainly capable of that. Mm -hmm. A good example is that there's just a big study released this week that talked about um, all of the people who are being forced into extreme poverty now around the world because of COVID. Yeah, 100 uh, billion. They're estimating, yep. they're estimating somewhere around 100 million people already have fallen back into extreme poverty. That means you make less than $2 a day uh, because of COVID and because of the response, the panic to COVID. Um, they knew at the United Nations and you know in other elite circles that this would happen if the global economy was shut down. Like, duh, what else could happen? I, of course, it's going to happen. Well, they're not done with this. You know, these these people have fallen into extreme poverty. Their life their life expectancy goes down like a rock. 
So there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of people dying from this. And, you know, from that part of it, then you have all of the social stress that's being put on society at large. You're going to have a significant die off of people that just die either from a broken heart or from, from stress, from fear, mm -hmm. from other things happening in their body because of what's going on externally. And uh, there's a huge health catastrophe coming ahead for the entire race wearing masks right now, face masks. There's all kinds of health issues long-term that are gonna, gonna be, they'll come out eventually. Um, and it's gonna be a huge catastrophe. No question, absolutely no question. We're right. just about out of time. I wanna leave it like this. I mean, we've got, we've, I'm glad you brought, in your last five minutes, you really condensed everything we talked about. And you kind of brought us right up to the cliff and we're gonna look at the cliff now as a society. I want to get you back on the TV side of things. I'll be in touch with you. Before I let you go, though, please tell people how they can follow your good work. Oh, absolutely. Technocracy.news is my professional website, and citizensforfreespeech.org is where you can go and join with us to defend the First Amendment and free speech and all the things that, like what you're doing, Dave, too. Um, and... Uh, Consider whether or not you are willing to wear one of our no face mask cards to protest that uh, you simply are not going to comply. Exactly. Gonna, exactly. Going to resist. Well, thank you for an instructive uh, segment here. And like I said, I will be in touch with you. We're, we're going to get you over on the TV side here after a couple more weeks because you know there's more coming. Pat, uh, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure, Dave. Thank Take you. Take care.